right, everybody. Welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. Happy to have you listening again. I'm your host, Matt Mingus, and today is the first uh, edition of our special uh, special episodes for the month of October where we are going to uh, deliver the message that we delivered at the Excavator Safety Day last year. Last year was awesome. Had a big turnout. Over 400 people registered uh, to come down to the Williamson County Ag Center and be a part of the pipe meeting, the excavator safety demo, the Middle Tennessee Electric's safety trailer, uh, the day in the life of a locator, and 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 a couple other things that we did that day. So this week, the first one's going to be excavator safety. When, when, what we're talking about is how to excavate safely around existing utilities. Um, a little background on myself and how you know I got into the industry and, and to, into what I do. Uh, you know, like I said, my name is Matt Mingus. I'm the chief safety officer at Team Construction and president of Nuke of Mill Tennessee. Uh, I'm a third-generation ditch digger. Started with my my grandfather working at Louisville Gas and Electric Company, and then my dad getting into the contracting side of things. And then when uh, my dad founded Team Construction in 2003, I mean, it, it's the only industry I've been around my entire life. Uh, even back in the day when my dad and his brothers would do jobs on the weekends for neighbors whose galvanized house lines were clogged up, and they would go in and replace them or, or whatever, you know, even though I think when my dad worked with his brothers, I learned more about fighting than I did ditch digging. But nonetheless, it was fun. Uh, but anyway, and so for the past several years, safety has been kind of my my expertise in what I, in what I do. And I've, I've been fortunate to learn this business from the ground up. When I decided that I wanted to go to work, my dad said, that's fine. I'll give you a job. Here's a shovel and a rock drill. You're working for, for one of my crews running a rock drill ahead of the backhoe because it was a new company at the time, didn't have a machine big enough to break that hard of rock, so I got the crap beat out of me for three days with a rock drill, and it was, I guess something would scare most people off, but I freaking loved it. I love this industry and love what I do. Uh, so, with that, guys, we'll, we'll jump into talking about how to excavate safely around existing utilities. Um, so, and, and we're going to talk about from existing utilities, you know, basically planning your excavation area to clean up. Uh, you know, and we've all seen it here recently, excavation issues from trench collapses to uh, delayed locates to hit lines to gas line explosions. Uh, there's been things going on all over our country that have caused issues. So hopefully a little bit of what we're going to talk about today can help prevent that for anyone else. Uh, <clears throat> uh, damage prevention and worker safety are about more than protecting utilities. It's about protecting our workers and our communities that we work in. Uh the amount of workers trapped in trench collapses has doubled over the last couple of years. Almost on a daily basis, I get an alert about trench collapse. Uh, you know, I, I signed up for Google Alerts. Couldn't tell you how I signed up for Google Alerts. I had to Google it. Uh, so if you need to set up a Google Alert to track some of the stuff, just Google how to set up a Google Alert. It'll tell you. It's super easy. I remember it took me no time. And I was like, man, I can't believe I had to Google how to do that. But, you know, in just last year in Tennessee, we had a broken water line that killed a city water worker due to uh, you know, uh, an exemption in our dig law for routine road maintenance. So there's all kinds of things that we can do to protect ourselves as excavators uh, from incidents like this happening. So what's step one of setting up an excavation? Sim- simple. Defining your excavation area. Go out to where you're going to be digging. Look around. There's going to be physical indicators of utilities out there, whether it be a meter box, whether it be uh, a power pole with a line coming down it into the ground, whether it be pipeline markers, you know, natural gas companies 
put up those yellow pipeline markers all over the place that say warning natural gas pipeline buried below you know it could be an electric box it could be you know it, there's all kinds of things that you'll see uh that that will indicate existing utilities so when you go out there and you look at your job site identify those existing utilities put down your white paint so that it, you know where you're going to that's going to be your dig path your bore path whatever type of excavation you're going to do put that white paint down because it's crucial to letting the locators know where you're going to be when you when you're digging uh step number two call 811 when calling 811 you can do it a couple of ways one you can call by phone from 6 a.m to 6 p.m monday through friday uh two you can use the online portal it's the easier way and it can be done 24 7. Uh, if you choose to call the one call center on by phone you'll talk to a locate request agent uh, and you'll, they're going to ask you for some information. Number one, phone number of the caller and the company. And number two, name and contact for the job and type of work being done. County, city, and address of the work. The nearest intersecting street. You will receive a list of utilities that have been notified. You will be given a ticket number. Upon receiving your ticket number, utilities have 72 business hours to respond the locate request by marking or calling the area clear conflict. 72 business hours is important, guys. They Weekends and holidays do not count. And if you follow Tennessee 811's website or their social media feeds, they do a very good job of posting that most of the time, saying, hey, holiday hours, we're not open, and people do not have to mark during holiday hours. Uh, you can check the progress of your ticket by... Uh, Checking the Tennessee 811 website for their positive response function, tn811.com, or you can use their app. And positive response, you can go and click on it, put in your ticket number, it'll tell you the utilities that should have been notified and which ones have marked, which ones have marked it clear, which ones are uh, not in conflict, all that kind of stuff. Uh, after 72 hours, if all utilities have been marked or called clear no conflict, you can proceed to dig. Uh, and, and that's a key. 72 hours, 72 business hours. If you go out there and you see physical evidence of an existing utility that has not been marked, it is the excavator's responsibility to make a second notification to Tennessee 811 to get that dealt with. At this point, it's time to review our, our existing utilities. You know, go out there and look around. Like I just talked about how it's your responsibility to make a second notification. Go out there, check your marks. You know, like I said, if you see some of those physical indicators, but you don't see paint anywhere around them, that's a good sign that that hasn't been marked, or that's or that it's been incorrectly classified as clear no conflict by the utility company. Make a second notification to eight one one and say, hey, there is a pipeline marker that says warning gas line buried below, right in the middle of my dig path, and there are no gas marks out here, or there is a communication box here but no communication marks coming out of it in any direction you know even those things happen you know mistakes happen guys it, it it may not be intentional it may be intentional you know it's a crazy world but make that second notification of one call it is your responsibility to do so so simply making that second second notification of one call is kind of a cya thing for you uh all right now the the marked utilities need to be spotted. So everything's marked correctly. You're all you're good to go. Time to mark. Your, time to spot your utilities, depending on the type of excavation you're performing. If you're performing a traditional trench excavation, you need to uncover utilities that you will be crossing. 
while maintaining reasonable care. And reasonable care can be a little tricky. I mean, it's a it's a legal term with no real definition, but essentially it's your responsibility to make sure you don't damage any existing utilities uh, within reason. Like, you know, if, if it's in solid rock, you can't just dig it out. Yeah, we, you know, you've got to use mechanized equipment to get to get that rock out of there. That being said, if it's not in solid rock and you go tearing through there with a backhoe, trencher, excavator, dozer, skidster, whatever, and you tear it up, yeah, that's your fault. Uh, using soft digging methods uh, like shovels or vacuum excavation is your best options. Uh, you know, vacuum excavation is great. Uh, we have chapter members in, you know, both Middle and East Tennessee that do that. Badger Daylighting is a, one that's going to be presenting at our tech summit here coming up. They can call them. If you don't have vacs in your own fleet, call Badger Daylighting. They'll come out and help you out. That's what they do. They specialize in bringing those vac trucks out there that can do it quickly and uncover a lot pretty fast. Uh, you know, and, and vac, vacuum excavation makes things a lot easier. You know, you're using that air, air hose or that uh, pressure washer hose, and then you're sucking the you know, all the loose dirt and mud out of there. And, it, you know, you're unlikely to damage something using air and water in that fashion. Um, so long as you're not, you know, just with reckless abandon jamming your, your spray nozzle or your suction hose down in that hole, you should be able to uncover everything safely, no matter how fragile or how small or whatever the, the existing utility is. It's really not a difficult process. Great, great way to do it if you can. If you don't have vacuum excavation, you don't want to pay a sub to come out and do it, grab a shovel, guys. This what this industry was built on was hardworking Americans using shovels, digging ditches. You know, just because it's old school doesn't mean it's not effective. Uh, you know, and when you're when you're having to hand dig to uncover a utility, you can dig straight down on it. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, if it's a small utility, if you slam your shovel into it, you might break it, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, most utilities are going to be understanding with you in that case because they're, you know, you were trying to use soft, the best soft digging methods that you could. Um, but still a little bit of danger there, but that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, digging straight down on a utility and some of this tough Tennessee dirt is not always a great not always great. It, it can be real labor intensive, real backbreaking, real difficult to do. You know, Tennessee dirt can be very, very tough. So one of the things I always like to recommend is use your machine outside of your tolerance zone. And we'll talk a little bit more about your tolerance zone, but your tolerance zone is the width of the utility plus 24 inches on each side. So go, so move back outside that tolerance zone, dig down with your machine. That way, you're you're covered by being outside of your tolerance zone. You can dig down to your depth, or almost to your depth. I mean, obviously, if it's a, an extremely deep trench, you don't want to dig down to depth with a, you know, and then move forward because you're gonna have to get shoring and all that kind of stuff in there. Which, if you need to, you need to. That's fine. Uh, so dig down outside of your tolerance zone using your machine, and then you can if your trench is safe. You know, no issues. It's short. It's protected. It's, you know, good, good, safe trench. Get in there with your shovels and chip away at that dirt from the side. It's going to make it much easier and a lot less labor intensive than digging straight down on, on that utility with your shovels. Uh, another, another thing, if you are digging, digging down on a utility with your machine, because locators don't tell you how deep a utility is. So 
you got to be careful with doing that. I don't know that I recommend digging straight down on a utility with an excavator or a backhoe or whatever the machine might be. But it, should you be doing it, pay attention to your dirt because most utilities are buried with some sort of warning tape. I know for what we do, doing natural gas work, everything we put in the ground has uh, steel, or not steel, but a uh, uh, plastic uh, warning tape that says caution, gas line buried below. You know, it, and it runs the entire length of the ditch with the pipe. We have to put the pipe in, padding, then that tape. So, and, and even the utilities that don't use that tape, that's a warning tape, They almost all utilities are padded with some sort of other um, some sort of other material other than dirt, whether it be gravel or rock dust or whatever. So pay attention to your dirt. If your dirt starts to change, if you start to see gravel, you start to see rock dust, if you start to see sand or just some other type of dirt, there's a good indicator that you're getting close to a utility. So stop digging, grab those shovels, and finish uncovering what it is that you're looking for. A good rule of thumb uh, is to expose your utility that you're looking for, your existing utility, a minimum of the tolerance zone on all sides. So here in Tennessee, you should expose it two feet in all directions, top, bottom, left, and right. You know, and that being said, keep in mind, it's the, the minimum tolerance zone is the width of the utility plus 24 inches on each side. So that means two inch line, you're going two inches, plus 24 inches on the right, 24 inches on the left, 24 inches above, 24 inches down. Just expose your utility so that it is clearly, you, there is no mistaking. Because say you're using a directional drill machine, a great great way to put in put in a new utility. I mean, we run them every day. But you cannot blind bore. You do not want to be going across a utility you cannot see. Because a lot you have no idea how many times it happens that people will... Uh, drill right past that utility no problem but then they put their reamer on or they go to pull their pipe back and snag the bottom of an existing utility so or they're running parallel to a utility uh, and they the existing utility curbs or shakes or moves or uh goes at a weird angle or you know utilities do funny things in the ground and we don't realize it so make sure you are you uncover it on all sides, the minimum width, a minimum width of the the tolerance zone, so that you can see that utility when you cross it or you go next to it, so that you know that you're clear no matter what you're doing. Now you should be able to physically see your borehead come through your hole where you've potholed that utility. That way, there is no question about where it's at and if you're going to hit it. And, and and something else, guys, I will I like to point out is make sure you do your potholing in your bore path. If you go out there and put your white lines down saying, I'm going to be born here, but then you pothole the utility two feet to the side of your bore path, and that two feet, that you that existing utility can jump up or down or, or left or right or whatever pretty quickly. So always pothole directly in your bore path. Another, some other things we need to keep in mind when it comes to excavating safely, I, I, made, I made mention to it earlier about how to make sure your trenches are safe if you're uncovering utilities. Uh, you need to keep in mind that 126 subpart P rules, uh, whether you are trenching or simply spotting a utility, you must follow OSHA excavation laws. Uh, spoles must be back two feet, no matter what. Digging with machine, digging with a shovel, the two foot rule applies no matter what. I always like to say two feet is two feet is two feet. There's no one foot 11 inches. It's two feet. If OSHA goes out there and puts a tape measure on it and you're at one foot 10 inches, guess what? 
you broke the two foot rule. Two foot is two foot, guys. And it doesn't matter if you're using a shovel. And you think, well, I'm shoveling it. You know, it doesn't matter. I can just toss it up here. Nope. If you're just going to toss it up there, you better have somebody else on the top of the ditch with a shovel moving it back to two feet. Because two feet is two feet is two feet. Uh, if you're potholing or trenching along and your excavation reaches four feet in depth, it's time to have a means of egress. Means of egress must be within 25 lateral feet of anyone in the ditch. So if you have a 50 foot long trench, you must have a means of egress dead smack in the middle of it so that somebody know, can get to it within 25 feet from both sides. Uh, keep in, remember, if you're using a ladder, your ladders have to be used correctly. You cannot use a, uh, a step ladder as a ladder to get out of a ditch. You've got to use the correct extension ladder. It's got to be able to stick three feet above the top of your ditch. It's got to be able to be secured so the ladder won't shift when people are coming up it. If you have an extent, if you have an extension ladder that is designed to go into two pieces, then you must use the appropriate side. If you take it apart in the ditch, you can't use a side that doesn't have feet on it. Keep all those things in mind. Use a ladder the way it is designed to be used, and you'll be in the clear. Uh, if your excavation reaches five feet in depth, uh, you must protect your employees that are in the trench. The type of protection you will need will need to be selected based on the class of the soil that you're working in. Uh, OSHA accepts a few different styles of protection. Now, they're most commonly known as the three S's, shielding, sloping, and shoring. You know, really easy, guys. Uh, they make some really cool shoring options these days, from, from aluminum boxes to steel boxes to boxes where you can leave the bottom panels out so that the existing utilities can come through to three-sided boxes to hydraulic spreaders and where you all you need is the spreaders you don't even need the fin form the fin form is great if you've got loose or raveling soil but if you're in a pretty solid soil but you're deep all you need is those spreaders those spreaders themselves are what do the job not the fin form not the shields so that it, it's pretty neat way that those things work uh, they make inflatable trench boxes guys i know that sounds crazy but it, they're made out of the same material as the bat the airbags that firefighters use to lift trucks and crap like that and they're they're pretty cool. You inflate them, you stick your spreaders in them, you drop them in the, in the ditch, you run your spreaders out, put some pressure against those sidewalls, boom, you're good to go. One man can drop those things in a ditch by himself. They're pretty impressive. Uh, so, guys, there is no excuse not to have the appropriate shoring protection because it's so simple to find and so easy to use. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier we have uh, members of our chapter who can help you with your... Um, uh, hydro excavation needs. We have members of our chapter that can help you with your uh, shoring needs, whether it be Sunbelt or United Rentals or you know any of the others, guys. It doesn't they don't even have to be a member of our chapter. It doesn't matter when it comes to safety. Keeping someone safe in a trench is important. End of story. You know it it it, it it's senseless. There's no reason for it, and it should never ever ever happen. Um, <clears throat> all right. So at this point now, guys, we've we've we followed all the steps. We laid out our digging area. We called eight one one. We checked our eight one one marks, make sure everything was correct. We did all our appropriate potholing, so we would have exposed all those existing utilities without using mechanized equipment in the tolerant zones. We uh, our trenches were safe. We got our work done. Nobody got hurt. All right, now it's time to backfill. You know, when you backfill, a lot of people know the the utility they're installing needs protected. Because that's what they're getting paid to do. They're getting paid to install a great utility. Right on. Well, guess what? You also have to protect the utilities that you've exposed along the way. Any existing utilities that you have exposed must 
also be protected when you are uh, backfilling. So pay attention to your exposed utilities. You know, I, well, depending on what utility you're working for, they're going to have specs on what you have, what you can backfill with. And once you meet those specs, whether it's two feet above the exist of uh, the pipe, the inst in the uh, uh, Lordy tripping over my words, whether you have to use padding up to two feet above the utility you just installed, and then you can backfill with dirt or you know whatever it might be. Even if you're allowed to just backfill with dirt straight up, don't go dumping big rocks and huge chunk hard chunks of dirt back in that ditch that are going to slam into any utilities that you've uncovered along the way. Because if you break a utility backfilling, you have still compromised the process and you are still at fault for that. You are still liable for that broken utility. Just because you didn't necessarily hit it digging doesn't mean it's not a violation of the dig law here in Tennessee and that you aren't still liable for that. So use the same practices you use to protect the, the utility you're installing as you should as you should to to protect the ones that you have uncovered along the way um so just keep those things in mind because those large rocks debris all that kind of stuff going back in your excavation is going to just present more opportunities to damage something that you uncovered successfully if you uncover it successfully and then go back and hit it you're just going to feel like a dumbass i mean let's get real uh, no one when that happens everybody loses i mean no one likes to it makes us look bad. It makes it makes ditch diggers and, and utility excavators look bad that we you know, we went through the entire process right and then we hit something that was exposed. If, I mean, come on, that's just silly. But you guys, it's a, it's a simple process. You know, excavating safely is a simple process. You know, one thing I didn't mention is dig with care. You know, when you're digging in the tolerant zone, whether it's uh, vacuum excavation or hand digging or some other sort of uh, soft digging technique, dig with care. But not just when you're in the tolerance zone, guys. Dig with care at all times. I mean, Lord knows we've all seen it out there. Utilities get mismarked. They get uh, missed. They don't get marked. Whatever it might be. Some of these utilities can be dangerous. Uh, some of these utilities are in the ground can be dangerous to us if we're not digging with care. A natural gas line, if it gets hit and is leaking and it sparks, fire instantly. You know, uh, Oh, underground electric, you know, people don't really pay as much attention to underground electric as they do overhead electric, but we've all seen the YouTube videos of the overhead electric line that a machine got into. It'll melt a huge cat excavator in a hurry with the type of electricity pumping through those lines. The same thing can happen if you hit an underground electric line. You know, electric is electric, whether it's overhead or underground. If you dig into it with your conducive machine, it's going to melt it. I mean, it's just the way it is. So it doesn't matter what type of utility it is. You know, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, the, the city water worker that lost his life because a water, a water line got broken and it eroded a ditch to the point where it collapsed and killed him. You know, water, while initially may not seem dangerous, it very well can be. It can erode a ditch to the point it, where it collapses. And say the collapse doesn't kill you, but you're stuck. And that water line's still leaking in that ditch. Guess what? Now you're drowning. Uh, sewer lines, you know, probably the one no people talk about the least because, you know, it's not going to explode on you. It's not going to electrocute you. It's not going to drown you. But you hit a sewer line, what kind of diseases are your people exposed to at that point? What kind of sickness could they pick up from something like that? So, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, we should protect utilities because 
It's in the state law. It's a, it's a, it's a law here in Tennessee. It's an estimator's responsibility to protect existing utilities. Right on. That's great. It should be. It shouldn't have to be. We as an industry, we as excavators, should want to safely uncover all utilities that we cross because it's going to protect our people. We shouldn't have to be told to by the law. I don't really care what the law says. The law says we should do it great. It should be a law. It should be there because there are people who, who don't do that, who just blow and go and tear everything they cross out. Don't be that. Don't be that guy. Don't be that company. Dude, excavate safely. Excavate correctly. Not because it's the law, but because it saves your people. Saves you. I mean, how many of you guys out there listening to this are people that are the, that are company owners but are also the one on the backhoe? Nobody wants their people to get hurt. Everybody wants their people to go home. So let's not put ourselves in situations where we're doing things just because the law says. The law only says it because people have failed at it too much. Let's stop that trend. Let's reverse that that stat that says excavators are out there tearing stuff up because they don't care. I care. I don't want to be out there tearing stuff up. I don't want my people getting hurt. I don't want my company to look bad. I'm pretty sure no one else does either. So don't do it because the law says so. Do it because it's the right thing to do and the best way to excavate and make our company look good and make our industry look better. So guys, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, I, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. I want to say thank you to Nuke of Middle Tennessee for allowing us to uh, hijack their podcast for uh, the month of October and put out some special episodes on Fridays this month. I want to say thank you to the people partnering with us on this. Uh, Duke Energy, Middle Tennessee Electric, Tennessee 811, Town of Smyrna, Team Construction, and Nuke of Middle Tennessee. Uh, So guys, with that, uh, we'll wrap it up. If you guys got any questions, want to talk about this anymore, please let me know uh, and we'll, we'll be happy to do so. Stay safe out there and keep digging Tennessee.